good evening. I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we're here to have a conversation. Yes, we are. Um, today, we're talking about <laughs> Pastor Matt's message from yesterday. Yeah. Um, the title was, You Think You're Bright. We well, do think we're bright. Yesterday? Or Sunday. <laughs> Memorial Day has us thrown off a little bit. It does. Um, it was a good day, though. It was. It was good. Man, yeah. thank the Lord for the incredible country that yeah. we Yeah. If you've in. served or if you have family who've served, we're, we're grateful. Yeah. Um, and we mean that. We're a pretty jokey on here, but, you know, yeah. we, we're, we're grateful. Well, and we remember, you we know, remember. we remember the, the sacrifice that many made, the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just very thankful, very grateful, yeah. you know, as we think about that on Memorial Day. Yeah. Um, and I think we both come from day. pretty military mm-hmm. families. Your dad was in the military. Both of my grandparents were in the military, and that skipped a generation for some reason for me. Yeah. Um, my dad, his dad, mm-hmm. his stepdad. Yeah. My mom's dad. Like, yep. All permeates. Yeah. Um, Very grateful. So we hit, we're going to hit a lot of interesting things in today's conversation. And I think what you'll find is we have our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, um, because if you, if you look at, so, and this is an important note to make in the podcast notes uh, in this episode, uh, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Music, or YouTube, um, you know, in the description, you'll find a hyperlink to his message notes. Um, and this is not a condensed version. Uh, this is actually uh, what he preaches from. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put it, we publish it every week in the program. Mm-hmm. And so you have access to the same notes if you'd like to study or go through them or fact check us or whatever. Um, and they're all there. And so we're going through that. Um, but as this conversation is a sermon companion to this sermon, uh, which again is titled, You Think You're Bright, and you'll find that in the, uh, in the podcast list as well. Um, but as it's a companion, um, you'll notice if you listen to the video or the, the audio from Sunday's message, uh, that <clears throat> there are some points in the notes that we, that he, <laughs> I say we, but he didn't quite get to because the spirit led a different direction. Uh, so what we wanted to do was we wanted to, we're going to talk about those and then we just kind of have some, uh, just some good, like behind the scenes conversation that we'll have as well. Uh, that'll be on the back end of this. So we're going to front load. Uh, all of the good stuff, yeah, and yeah. then if you're interested in all of the conversation that we have behind, you know, beyond that, uh, that'll be in the episode included in the episode as well. And we talk about, uh, we'll talk about a lot of interesting things: the inspiration of scripture, yeah, uh, a little bit of translation stuff, uh, <laughs> Calvinism, yeah, and just some some fun stories that we share. Yeah. Um, so that'll all be on the back end of the episode, but here we go. We're jumping into the good stuff here. Yeah. We're just going to give you some, the content that was left out and man, I, of course, preaching two services on Sunday, it's even interesting to see how <laughs> they're never the same. <laughs> One is different <laughs> than the other. And it's not intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you go to the 9am yeah. and then you listen to the 11, you're like, Oh, well, we, you made it different for you. them. We love yeah, you. It's not that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's difficult yeah. despite what you may think. Yeah, but it's um it's been neat though to have this and knowing that hey we're gonna sit at the table and this is gonna go out to our church family and continue to yeah you know create conversation around Sunday's message mm-hmm. and what the Lord's doing in our church and so I didn't feel um you know man I have to get to these points it was just really the illustration of the lamp um being the focal point you know on sunday morning especially the 11 o'clock hour love that lamp yeah so we we did that and you know i I felt like it it translated well but the practical aspect of the message you know uh is just as important yeah but i wanted to really make the point Mm -hmm. 
So let's dive in here. We got so we're so your text is uh, we go from First Corinthians one eighteen, which was um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Just some some stuff with that verse, but all the way through chapter four, verse thirteen, um, and you've got a couple of points here. And mm-hmm. so the first one here is is let the one who boasts. Uh, boast in the Lord, or is that the verse reference? Verse 31. Yeah, and that's about the only way. What I did was I just took for the three points, the three, uh, and I kind of intro it here. I say, tips from Paul to reveal that you are walking in the light, showing the light to those that are in darkness, using the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of this world. Um, so with the, with that light illustration, how do we know when we're plugged in? You know, mm-hmm. if, and we made this analogy that, you know, the light, we are the light of the world. Uh, Jesus is the light in, in that sense that we are uh, image bearers of his. And so talking from John chapter 3, um, we are to bear witness of that light. And mm-hmm. so that light is, we talked about it from Romans chapter 1, from our text, those that are being delivered. Um, basically, this, this happens by faith, through, through faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, with the light as the illustration, we took the plug and essentially what we have is a lamp and it was a stick figure. If you didn't, yeah. if you haven't seen the message. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit more later, Yeah, <laughs> but it's a great lamp. Yeah. But the, you know, the plug into the power source is what generates the purpose of the light. And so, you know, in this world, in many churches or different applications, if we are just pretty lamps um, and our light bulbs are, are not lit, then, um, you know, we are not fulfilling our God-given purpose to yeah. reach and share the gospel, share the good news, share the wisdom of the cross. Mm-hmm. And so if we are not plugged in, then we, the cross has been emptied of its power. And that's what Paul is, is trying to get to. Verse 18, the thesis statement for this whole passage of scripture is for those that are being delivered, you are going to shine if you're plugged in by faith. So when you take the plug and you put it into the power source, the illustration is that is through faith uh, that we're plugged into God. We believe we declare our loyalty to him and then uh, we shine. Then his spirit equips us. And so how do we know what are some practical applications for you this week? Mm-hmm. To know if you are plugged into the power source, to know if you are shining uh, and, and being a good witness. And so that's kind of where this comes from. Yeah. Your sub point here, and I'm assuming that you're oh, way. I, I was on the on the path to say each point is a scripture verse within the uh, passage or the portion of scripture that that was covered. So point number one, point number two and point number three are those verses and then I just kind of put my spin or how I'm, you know, practically applying that to this this idea of, of you shining. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It's good. Um, so your your first sub point here under point one is what you think to speak should be laced with his grace. Yeah. So coming from verse 31, he's saying, let the one who boasts boasts in the Lord. And, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the specific text here, if I can find it, I don't have my Bible pulled up. I should have one in here. Um, can you read that verse, Cody? Which one? Verse number 31. 31 Just of the, the... the whole verse. I think it would be 32 <clears throat> and 30. I'm sorry, 30 and 31. I think one, it's the end of chapter 1. 131? Mm-hmm. Try me, 130 and 131. Let me pull up. Uh, I've got Logos in a tab here. Cool. Hang tight. 
Yeah, so this is just thinking about all of the things Paul has said, all of the things, the, the groundwork that he is laying. Look, I want a desire for this church uh, to be proclaiming the word and the wisdom of the cross. And if that is taking place, if you are, are, are doing this the way you're supposed to, right, your light, Matthew 5, 16, is going to shine. And so if that is our desire to live in and, and work through the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of this world, mm-hmm. that's going to play out in a certain kind of way. Do you have it? Yeah, Just I got it. Go ahead. Uh, the CSB reads, it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification and redemption in order that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. So the first thing here for us to see, how are we doing with this aspect of shining? You know, so you think you're bright. Mm-hmm. So you think that you are doing what the Lord has for you to do. Um, one, one indicator, point number one, from verse 31 is when you're speaking, is it, are you boasting of what you're doing? Are you telling everyone how good you are? Uh, if you are, chances are you're unplugged. Right. Chances are, if, if, if we're talking about this thing practically, if it's check, check out all of my ministry work, look at how good my life has been since I've given my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask him, <laughs> he'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at my Facebook post. Just look at my Facebook. Look at my curated feed, right? Mm. Because it is perfect, right? Yep. In this day of social media, and it, it is harder than ever to be real. Yeah, and here's what he says: What you think, and my my take on it. What you think when you what you think to speak should be laced with his grace, and so <laughs> it's hard to lace. I mean, it's not for some people, um, but it's it's hard to lace humanism in God's grace. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. hard to lace uh, all of your accomplishments in God's grace. And, and by definition, if you have received something, Paul is saying here, you already have it. And that's going to be point number three, but you already have it. Everything that is good about you was given to you, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Mm-hmm. So if you, whatever you think to speak or say, it should be laced with the idea that this is something that was handed to you. And people that are handed things, people that know that they don't and did not contribute or earn it's just going to come out completely different. It is. Yeah. And I think that uh, you said something a minute ago while you were saying that. Mm. <laughs> um, but, you know, it kind of, you know, when we when we choose to wrap things with grace, there are some things that like, you know, if we're running it through that filter, like, you know, if you're thinking in your mind, like, how can I say this in a graceful way and you just can't figure it out? Like, maybe... Maybe that's not what you need to say because it cannot be wrapped, mm. you know? Yeah. That, maybe, that's Maybe then it's wrong. Maybe it's the wrong thing to say. And so if we're looking yeah. at our verbiage and our conversations and our actions through that filter and we can't quite figure out a way to make something sound or, or be gracious, and I think that's what we're after, authentic grace, mm-hmm. you know? And if we can't make that happen, then maybe, maybe our motive, maybe what we're trying to do isn't the right thing. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and I, I think about like, you know, it, what is it? Uh, Bambi, you know, and Thumper. <laughs> you know, if he can't say something nice. is it Was that the movie? I'm not sure. I don't know. 
honestly, I, I stay away from Bambi because I just the trauma at the sad. beginning of yeah. Yeah, good. I think it's if you can't say something nice, don't, don't say, say it at, at all. all. Mm-hmm. And so as a child, the filter is, um, you know, look, if it's not nice, don't say it. Don't say it. Right. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, if it's not grace, then it's not needed. Mm-hmm. You're adding to it's another gospel. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, how do I know if I'm plugged in? How do I know if my light is shining? Mm-hmm. Because this is. I mean, honestly, this is the, if not one of the biggest problems in the church. Yeah. Look at my curated Christianity. Mm-hmm. Look at how amazing I am through all of these things that are happening. How good God is. I don't mean to brag, but I share elevations posts every day. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> right. usually, usually how it looks. It's, it's just, you know, we're missing the fact that Paul's testimony here in cha- at the beginning of chapter four is not a nice curated feed. No. It is it's just not. utter, look, we as the apostles, we've been made vagrants. Mm-hmm. You know, we're homeless. Like, <laughs> if you curate his feed, no one would want to follow that. <laughs> I was just going to say, Paul would be one of those people that you you unfollow yeah. because of his constant, well, well, maybe he wouldn't be a constant griper, but, yeah. okay, just disregard that. At it thorn doesn't in, apply. At thorn in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right. I just, I'm convinced that that would be Paul's handle. <laughs> but it's it's just the point is, number one, a, a good sign, a good way to shine your light is when you think to speak, is it laced with God's grace? Not from this perspective of how does it make you feel or look or no. How does this contribute to the gospel narrative? That's what grace is. How do I minimize me and maximize Jesus and what I'm about to say? And like the when you teach your children, if it's not nice, don't say it. If it's not laced with God's grace, do not say it. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not needed. It's not necessary. Yeah. And um, that's not to say yeah. that, you know, correction or, or um, you know, something that perhaps would be deemed negative right. shouldn't be said. Mm-hmm. But the way, and I feel like we tackled this, like, not last week, but the week before. Mm-hmm. But the way that it should be said is through grace. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you only say positive things all the time and that you never it's like raising children if there's no correction you're doing it wrong yeah you know but but i guess more i'm speaking in the context of not just outreach but you know the gospel specifically yeah Mm -hmm. you know i'm right (laughs) grace through faith ephesians 2 8 9 (laughs) yeah but like going to work and right yeah i'm not speaking Unless with God's grace, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it, it, it's, but there is truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know, everything yeah. that we do can be asked to the Lord. Yeah. And when you discipline and when you, that, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things can be laced with God's grace Big in, time. in that perspective. And that will bring, honestly, it will bring power to, to your child rearing, to your, uh, witness at work, all of those things. Big it'll, time. it'll be good. I'm reminded of what John the Baptist said. You know, he must increase, I must decrease. I must. You know, he was very aware that, you know, the influence that he had needed to diminish. So, or not so that, but because Jesus's influence was increasing, you mm. know, and he was the, the ultimate, like, locus of, of what people should be following. That's right. Um, so point number two you have here. Um, not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Verse 4. I'm assuming that's chapter 2, verse 4. Yeah, I should have yeah. put that. No, that's. A, I mean, these are your notes, so you knew, you knew, I what knew it where was. I was going. Um, so your sub-points here, uh, rethink what makes the gospel conversations effective, the Holy Spirit. 
And then underneath of that, you have your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but God's power. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read the, uh, I'm just switching apps read here. The verse. Yeah, it says, my speech, chapter 2, verse 4, my speech, my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that, verse 5, so that your faith might be based, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. And and this is all just, this is what I'm saying. It's all tied together with what he began yeah. to speak about in chapter chapter one, mm-hmm. laying the groundwork. So rethink, and, and I think we all need to rethink this, rethink what makes the gospel conversations effective, Yeah, the Holy Spirit. And this is the after, I think that there are a lot of you that will listen to this and watch this from our church that are you're feeling the tremors of the gospel in your life and you know, you should be sharing it. Yeah. You know that you're, you've been growing, you've been consistent in connect groups, you've been consistent in reading your Bible. And it's, it's like, it has to come out out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so Mm -hmm. as you have the desire from the Holy spirit to share the gospel, what I don't want to happen is for you to reach this place where you then begin to the the feeling and the prompt, prompting to share the spirit is the only aspect that the Holy Spirit is in for your witness, and then you bail on that, and then you think about how many created useful ways you can share the gospel. Right, we're more focused on no. the method and getting around to just being upfront about it yeah. than we are. And I think too, like you know, Paul's really clear right here, like not according to man's wisdom, but of the Spirit's power. And to me, you know, that that runs back to we have whole today specifically, we have whole organizations of people who who spend their lives. Not that any of this is a bad thing per se, but Mm -hmm. like the you know, you have the, you know, the Ark Encounter, the Creation Museum, Mm -hmm. like all of these things where we're we're making an effort to logically prove something, you know, the world's wisdom, you know, to make sense of this to an unbelieving world when that's not. It's not really the focus. Yeah. You know, the focus is the, is the, the spirit. Yeah. The focus is what the spirit does. You know, it, it, what the spirit does is not logical. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the impact that the spirit has on a person is, is, is more, there is so much more weight in that than us being <laughs> able to, to prove like, oh, see, we found, you know, you know, chariot wheels in the Gulf between Egypt and Saudi Arabia. That means the Red Sea crossing happened, you know, like that. Those things okay. are right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. And, uh, so there's, you know, the, I think that we just, we get it wrong a lot when we, yeah. What he does are, isn't natural. Yeah. It's, we can't prove supernatural. the supernatural with the natural, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think yeah. we get, you know, we, we bend over backwards to try to prove that, you know, the Bible does talk about dinosaurs. They were, it, it, <laughs> these okay. things are just right. Exactly. You know, the it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the unbelieving world doesn't believe the Bible, yeah. right? And so if we can, it just, yeah, it just doesn't work. And I think Paul is, you know, Paul is emphasize and and again, not that archaeology and not that discovery and science don't matter, but they should never be the focus. The focus is always what the Spirit does because the supernatural work of the Spirit is greater and more powerful than that of anything that we could produce logically. Yeah, and I think that for us, for Christians, for believers, those things are fun. Yeah, Th- those it's things a ton are of like fun. this is great. You know, mm-hmm. we made 
I saw this documentary. I saw this piece of evidence. Right. right? That, those mm-hmm. are all great things. But when we use those things as as the, outreach. Yeah. Well, I would say just as the focal point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like as the like this is the tip of the spear that is going to make the difference. You know, mm-hmm. what Paul is saying is like the tip of the spear is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he is going to uh, reveal himself and transform mm-hmm. them. It is his power, not my words. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as this practically translates to you, this should help because it's not about what you know. It's not about how you say what you know. It's about Exactly. Who you know. Who have you become yeah, since that's right. the Spirit made its place inside of you? So how this practically plays out, like I literally pray to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, give me the words to say. Holy Spirit, speak to them. Holy Spirit, open open their eyes so that they may see. Uh, allow them to taste your goodness. Allow them to see this. So it, it, it's just Paul is making this, number two, he's making this point. It's not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Rethink what makes the gospel conversations effective. It is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So sharing your life change, sharing your transformation, what the Holy Spirit has done, your testimony, uh, is one of the most powerful things that, yeah. that can be done as That's it pertains true. to um, witnessing and, and sharing your faith and letting your light shine. But knowing that it's not your words. Take the pressure off of yourself. Right. This should be a, you know, the air letting out of the balloon type of moment. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're tense. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to say this. Am I going to get it right? Am I going to get it wrong? Like take the pressure off of your shoulders when it comes to sharing your faith, when it comes to letting your light so shine. Look, you don't have to be boastful. You don't have to have the right words to say. It's not about you. It's about the Lord. And it's about what the Holy Spirit is going to say to them. Major key. Yeah. So just relax in that set. Don't don't be complacent and lazy and not say anything. Right. You know, relax in the fact that he is going to perform this good work. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is going to move. It is a super now it is above nature, above the interaction that you're having with Mm -hmm. this other human being, this other natural being. There are supernatural forces at work. And yep. so we have to uh, see that, rest in that, and understand that the Holy Spirit of God is what makes this thing tick. It's true. Paul said, he who has begun a good work in you, he will perform it. Will perform. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good. Yeah, it's Good man. stuff. Um, your third point here, uh, everything is yours, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God, verses 22-23. Um, underneath of that, you've got two sub points. Uh, first one is we don't have anything to reach for that he hasn't already given us. Mm. Um, and the second one is start with the gospel in your mindset and let everything flow from there. And that, can I speak to that real quick? Speak. Uh, a helpful illustration, I think, for me is that, you know, so we always, I think that we look at our lives like a totem pole. You have you know, we look at it as God up here, family up here, children, and everything else falls beneath that. But when we read, um, <laughs> I'm not trying to reference your point of scripture, just so you know. Um, you know, but when we read the statement, start with the gospel in your mindset and let everything flow from that, right? Like to me, I view, my my worldview is that it's like a like a wheel, like a bicycle wheel. And at the center of that wheel is a hub and all of the spokes come out of that, mm. right? Like it's not that, you know, like me living a God honoring life is putting my family first. 
but I'm putting my family first because God is at the center of my worldview and how I view like everything that I do should flow from that. And that includes being a good neighbor, being a good father, you know, being a, a faithful church member. You know what I mean? Like all of these things flow mm. uh, from the gospel at the center. And I think for me, I've, you know, because we're told to put God first and we should, um, we automatically look at it as a top down scenario. Mm. And for me, I just, I always struggle with that because it, it seems like, you know, people and things get neglected in that scenario, but it's a, I think a much healthier way to look at it is that of a hub mm. and everything comes out of that. And, and everything is, you know, <coughs> everything is better. Everything is as it should be because it flows from that and it's not put behind that mm. or in front of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. That's so that, that's just my, that's my two cents. No, it's a great illustration. You know? It's a much better picture of, of how it works, mm-hmm. you know, things flowing from that rather than putting into some kind of caste system, you know, yeah. where, you know, okay, that's like three or four or five tiers down that I have to walk through. It's like, you can literally bring the gospel into everything. every situation. It should be, yeah. it doesn't have to flow through multiple other things to get where it needs to go. That's right. It just goes straight there. Yeah. And I think that that separation that has been made, you know, from the church and from, I don't even know, books, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's like you know even the self help we've been picking on that a lot because humanism be, and self help yeah. yeah it should be picked on, mm-hmm. um, but it's like where do I find the gospel in this? How do I make the connection? It's like no, there is, yeah, <laughs> you've got it wrong. It's backwards, yeah. you know, and and that's where <laughs> if you look at this, Paul says everything is yours. Mm-hmm. You belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything to reach for that he hasn't already given us. Yeah. And and that in and of itself is, we talked about this, and this is where I think if we found the relief points, the pressure points, right, in this, we would we would all do well to, and, yeah. and be a lot more mm-hmm. healthy as followers of Jesus where, you know, we, we stress out about thing, the things to say and we don't need to. Right. Because it's not eloquent wisdom, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. We yeah. worry about all of the things that we don't have, but he's given us everything that we need. Everything. Take no thought for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, take no thought for your clothes. Take no thought for your food. Take no thought. Right. All the things that we worry about, tomorrow is going to take thought for itself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's physically, but guess what? It's the same way emotionally. Yeah. It's the same way spiritually. God has given us everything when he gave us the gospel even at the state, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but in the in the bonus, you know, the bonus, the bonus stuff. ramblings, yeah. maybe that's what we can call it, bonus yeah. ramblings. <laughs> uh, but in the bonus ramblings, we talk about how in the beginning of your your following Jesus, it's like I am believing by faith, I'm plugging in, but that's done through childlike faith, uh, and, and so <laughs> as a child, you receive, mm-hmm. and as a child, you're getting the keys to the kingdom. You're getting everything, mm-hmm. and then you're growing in grace and learning how to utilize everything that you've been given. But God doesn't say, "I'm going to give you a little bit of grace, mm-hmm. and then you're going to, you know, grow into." No, it's just we <laughs> we learn how to utilize and use those things better. Yeah, He gives it all to us. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the capacity for incredible supernatural things from the get. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for us, we need to put the the focus on the fact that we have everything that we need. And so the disparaging, the, you know, 
discontentment, all of those things, they're wasted feelings. When you can find your sufficiency in Jesus yeah, and, and grow in that through the Holy Spirit, you'll, you'll be amazed at how, how much more joy you have in life, mm-hmm. how much more happiness and fulfillment you have in the day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. that there won't even be place to, there, there won't be room to chase and run after these other things mm-hmm. because I've been given mm-hmm. everything that I need. Yeah. And you've, you've simplified yeah. like all of this going on up here, mm. you know? And, and if that's brought. you, if you're worried, if you're stressed, if you're overwhelmed, if you're consumed with all of the things that you need, chances are you've unplugged. Mm-hmm. This is the, is my light shining? No, probably not. You're, you're probably unplugged because if we realize what we have in Jesus, we're plugged in. Yeah. We're, we're living in it. Mm-hmm. We're receiving it every moment. And Jesus is all about rest. And that, all as soon as it. I heard about that, I I'm was in. like, that's it. I'm Cody's in. like, man, I'm, I'm a Christian now. Jesus took a nap in a boat. <laughs> He's talking about his burden being light and resting <laughs> and just, you know, yeah. Every Enneagram, like, what is it, a nine? nine. Yep. <laughs> love, look. Love that rest. Yep, love that rest. That's funny. But those are just three helpful things that I find yeah. in this passage that we didn't really get time to expound on yesterday. But even before. though we didn't have time, we Here still we have time. Here we are. We're having a conversation. Yep. And that's our that's our hope and our prayer with this this program is that, you know, the the Sunday message will not be lost and forgotten. It will live with us through the week because yeah. it's not and it's not about the message per se. It's about the word behind the message, but also ooh, the message. Ooh. Yeah. Not to not to, you know, take away from your awesome messages. No, they're not awesome. Not um, with eloquent words of wisdom. <laughs> Hopefully, prayerfully, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but our our hope is that we can make this text and these ideas resonate with you throughout the week. Mm. Um, that way, it's not you know set Sunday and forget it Monday. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so enjoy yeah. this. Enjoy these yeah. few points. Meditate. Think about how can you uh, how can you turn up the lumens on mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in your life and the power of God that's shining out. Those are three practical ways, but there's tons more. There's a ton more. There's a ton mm-hmm. in those few. So do me a favor and read. Uh, read chapter 1, verse 18 through chapter 4, verse 13, maybe one day during your walk with the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe tonight, you know, as we're talking about this, and see what stands out to you. And swap out all of your light bulbs. <laughs> all of them. Uh, all the light bulbs. So <laughs> see, <laughs> see if it was better that time. It was. It was better. <laughs> See, see what the Lord speaks to you about. Like there, there's so many good things. I love Paul's testimony there, uh, in chapter four and kind of the things that he's saying, this is, this has become the, the plight of the apostles, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to show, you know, but these, the Corinthians were in the Vegas of the ancient world. They were stuck. They were stuck in their worldliness in their immorality and so, you know, you have a choice to make. And that's where next week as we dive into more of the immoral things, you know, as you're confronted with things to change, um, you know, you are you're going to make decisions towards that and your light will shine brighter. As it becomes less of you and more of Jesus, the light shines brighter. Yep. And so it's the opposite of what we're thinking. It's the foolishness to confound the wise. It's less of you the brighter he is yeah. you know uh, and so it, we're not saying figure out ways to grow your ministry that would be uh <laughs> dimming your light yep because you're brightening yours 
Um, so in this in this um, study in these few chapters, you know, as we dive into the immorality of that church, what about in your heart? What about the things that you need to change um, and and pivot in so that you are with these three things focused more on the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Lord's going to do through you rather than what you're doing for the Lord. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is this is great. And if you have time, if uh, you have time, stick around. Stick so around. We're going to have some uh, fun. Yeah, we've got things. I mean, we just ramble about. Yeah, we just we hit record on this thing and it just, you yeah. know, it just happens. Yeah. So. so this is yeah. the, the good stuff. If, if you're not going to stick around, we understand. And uh, we just want you to, to practically grow in grace today. Um, but, uh, yeah, bonus content about verse 18, about Bible translations, about what else did we talk about? Well, we just talked about, um, you know, narrative structure of scripture. Yeah. Translation. We talked about, talked about some grammar in a not yeah. nerdy way. Yeah. Um, and just some backstory to maybe some of the things that we even hit on here. Yeah. Some different things. For so sure. Stick around, tune into that and, uh, we will see you yeah. in about three seconds. Yeah. We'll yeah. see, see you in a bit. Love yeah. you. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so your title was you think you're bright and yeah. you want to briefly tell the story of this this lamp <laughs> <laughs> so no joke if you watched the if you watched the sermon video yesterday we um you know there was a lamp on stage that was very interesting looking yeah it's borderline creepy borderline <laughs> depending on the setting but i think um yeah it it literally just showed up at my house Mm-hmm. I, it's I don't know anybody out there. Uh, our three listeners, uh, <laughs> have you, <laughs> you ever had an Amazon package just show up at your house? Uh, so I don't know if it's the company looking for a shout out on social media or what, but like I I mean it's not like we have this big following or anything. We don't. It's um, a shame we don't know who they are because we give them a shout out. <laughs> I know, but this lamp just shows up at my doorstep. And, uh, I, I honestly, I was like, that's really cool. It's, it's like a stick figure, you know, uh, it's like a, a human stick figure. And, uh, of course the, the head is the lamp, you mm-hmm. know, the, where the light goes in with the lampshade. And, uh, it was great. I just thought, man, this is, the, this thing would be a phenomenal sermon illustration. And so I was just looking, searching, seeking for a text to fit that illustration. <laughs> in. No, I'm kidding. Um, and we cherry picked it. Here we, we cherry are. picked it. As we are preach. we really expositional? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm a recovering fundamentalist, and, and my <laughs> name is Matt. No. <laughs> um, yeah, his his wife got this thing in the mail, and she comes to me one Wednesday, I think, and she's like, hey, yeah, I got this, uh, this stick figure lamp in the mail, and I don't think I want to put it in the house. Do you want it in your youth room? And I said, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> it makes it great. It, I think it makes a you know a great decoration. In it there. does. It looks and it, good. And it, I think it's like it it's bonds. probably five five and a half feet tall. <laughs> <It's pretty big. laughs> and the thing is so adjustable. He it was is. doing the floss and all these dance moves mm-hmm. during the the sermon yesterday. Yeah. People were coming up and moving him to their, <laughs> my, their favorite dance move. My qualifying question when she asked me, she was like, "Yeah, it's got all these moving parts." And I was like, "Does the lamp have fingers?" That move, because if it has fingers that move, I can't put it in a room with teenagers. <laughs> oh, good point. I didn't even think about that. I'm it, not. See, I'm so so far out of the game. <laughs> yeah, good good point. I thought ahead on that one. Yeah, that was uh, that was some prudence there that you exercised, man. Yeah, that'd be funny. That's one of those rare occurrences where I do that. <laughs> rare. I actually. Did it was something. a rare sighting. <laughs> yep. Cody was prudent. Yep. Love it. Usually doesn't happen very much. <laughs> that was uh, kind of my 
my Donald Trump voice. It was close. <laughs> I don't know. It was a mix between that and my coffee hasn't kicked in yet. Go for mm, it. It'll kick in. It'll kick in. So uh, let's we, we got some good stuff to talk about. Let's talk about – so Paul, one of the big themes in Chapter 1 here is we kind of move in. Mm. Uh, you know, He's talking about the wisdom of the cross, and you spent some good time here on uh, verse 18, which says – for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. Um, and you talked about, and I think this is great for those who are listening or watching uh, in our Facebook group, um, you know, you really hit on the fact that like grammar here is is really what, you know, if you're paying attention to the grammar used, that's what really brings out what Paul is trying to say. And to me, it's just a, you know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we look at scripture as an inspired text. Mm -hmm. And if it's an inspired text, that means that, you know, the very grammar and the way that it is used is important. And that's something we should know. But maybe, maybe unpack for us a little bit, you know, what, (laughs) what your thought process was when you read over that and just kind of where that took you. Well, I mean, I think that in part of laying out the messages, you know, as far as the, the passages, you know, going mm-hmm. to the text is, is the grammar. Yeah. You know, I've got a fun little, a fun little tool, uh, in Lagos that we, we always talk about that major key, um, the propositional outline, mm-hmm. you know, and so I always click that and it really just takes the text and, you know, puts it in an outline as far as what's happening, what each line, what each word plays into. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is the verbs, you know, like what, what are, you know, a verb is something that is that is done, um, and it's been a long time since I've been in an English class, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's action verbs and there's state of being verbs, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, there's different questions that go with each, and so something that is a state of being um, is different than something that they're doing, and so to me, it's like, we could wreck how many, like, churches and their theology just on like the verb structure in that verse. Like yeah. We could wreck them. Mm-hmm. We would be like, okay, um, your, your, re- your church, your, your religion, let's not, let's not call it church. Your religion is, cause I don't really like that term. What religion or church? Ch- religion. I like church. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Same, same. Um, so <coughs> the idea of, of religion, these other, and I'll say maybe false, false teachers. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and say um, yes. call them call them for what they are. They're false teachers. Yeah. Um, if you can, if, if you boil what you're what you're uh, teaching down to something that you're doing versus something that you are, mm-hmm. um, man, that's a big that's, pr- that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, and so just in this verse alone, um, what we're seeing here is that the type of verb matters, and so when we're diagramming these sentence structures we can see what the author intended and and kind of where he and i'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination i'm i'm just i've been doing it a little while um and so i've got a little bit of time on my side but it's not like i'm you know uh, and i want you to know this as the, as a church the church audience i'm basically like a layman in some terms uh you know that that is preaching every week from a perspective of i'm not like i don't have this uh, seminary education. Um, so, but what, what I do have is enough just to, uh, parse out these things and kind of really get an idea of the context and what the author is saying. So, uh, if you can diagram a basic sentence, you know, subject verb and, 
you know, participles and, you know, what on the other end, you know, the direct object, the nominative, what, you know, what it looks like as far as that's the subject versus the predicate. So if you can do those basic things, man, there's some really incredible things to see in scripture. It's super powerful. Yeah. So yeah. basically what we're saying is that if you watched Schoolhouse Rock as a kid, <laughs> you are now qualified to, to preach the to gospel. Preach the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, yeah, grammar, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I'm really bad with like English grammar mm. or I guess for me, it's one of those things where I can like, I know if something sounds wrong or if I'm reading it, I can be like, Ooh, that was a boo boo. Um, like John, John Cooper's self-published book. I was like, mm. you can tell this is self-published because I've already found like seven typos <laughs> slash grammar errors. <laughs> Sorry, John Cooper. If you ever listen to this, I love you yeah, so with do I. my whole heart. Yeah. But my point is, is. We have to get this right as a church. We have to see that there are those that if they have not put their faith and trust in Jesus, if they haven't declared their loyalty to him, then they are being ruined. They mm -hmm. are being actively destroyed. Um, and we have to, we have to intervene. We, it, it's, it's our responsibility as believers, as those that are actively being delivered yeah. to not be selfish, to not look at those folks and say, well, that's not me. Well, thank God I wasn't on that side of the aisle. No, it is up to us to get in there, to, to pull them from, from that and show them and declare over them the name of Jesus, the power in the name that mm -hmm. will um, loose them and break every chain of bondage that is ruining them and allow them to be delivered. Um, it's not, you know, <laughs> I forget what verse I read that was, you know, it was just so clear. Uh, in that text, that it is everyone, you know, that... that Romans one sixteen, maybe? Yeah, maybe it is. To everyone, yeah. Everyone that believes. And, and I know that even in that, it seems a bit exclusive, but there are many that are not. Um, and so th that faith, that's the point, right? Mm -hmm. The believing faith, the declaration of your loyalty, and, um, you know, putting the emphasis and the focus on that. So I just think that this, um, you know, this verse, it has been just a real gift to mm -hmm. me and it, it, just an incredible gift. Um, and so I just, that picture, I still have it vividly in my mind. You know, we kind of had the two sides of the pulpit going where one side is those that are being ruined and one side are those that are being delivered. And uh, I never want to lose that picture. I always want in our minds for us to see people that, that have not accepted the gospel, that have not accepted Jesus as their savior, they are being ruined. Yeah, they are actively being destroyed, and uh, we're we we are going to show them. We are going to help them. We're going to pull them out of that, um, and we're going to do that with the wisdom of the cross, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what Paul is getting to. Yeah, and it's just a to me, it's just such a <laughs> it's a sobering reality to think that like day by day. You know, the Christian is being sanctified and, and is mm. becoming more, or we, we should be, uh, more like the person of Jesus and more, not more saved, but like Paul's clear that like, yeah, we're saved now, but we also are looking looking ahead to a future reality. So like we're getting closer to that ultimate consummation of the kingdom. And if you're not in that, you're closer and closer every day to destruction mm. and, and, you know, and if we don't think like if we're not thinking about that, we're missing the boat. Yeah. Like this was important for Paul, 
and this was important for Peter, and obviously it was important to Jesus. Um, but you know, it's just a, you know, it really puts a like a clock. It you does. know, it's not a day that no. somebody will one day be destroyed. It is a, it is a process a, that everybody is going through. Right. Well, and I think what brings so it it's it's both right. There's always that like yeah, both yeah. aspect mm-hmm. where it's like yes, a hundred percent. It's this process in the here and the now. We believe by faith as infants, right? Mm-hmm. He made the kingdom available like to children, to babies. Yeah. We have to be in that infant state of mind, but yet we're to grow in grace, right? So it's it's like this this idea that. He uses the foolishness. He uses the, and that's kind of the mm-hmm. the play here that Paul is working in this book. He's like, look, you think that you're using the wisdom of this world, but really that's foolishness. You accept this as a child, really, childlike faith, and then you begin to grow in grace. So it's it's like this, he's using the imagery of both uh, an infant in accepting, declaring loyalty, right, as mm-hmm. a baby, and then... Uh, the growth aspect of strengthening yourself, but he always uses that strengthening piece in Christ, yeah, in the Holy Spirit, in that power, mm-hmm. so that we know that we're not misplacing our growth in terms of if we're if we place the emphasis on our sanctification and our growth in our own understanding of that, what happens? Pride, mm-hmm. right? And so he's like, look, in the accepting, in the justification piece, look, you're a baby. Like, you don't have anything to do with this. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. He bought and paid. He saved you. He scooped you up, right? Uh, And and then, like, when you're in the family, when you're growing, when you've been birthed as a new creature, you're going to do that growth. You're going to get strong. Mm -hmm. But in doing so, it's not through you. It's through the Holy Spirit. Right. You know what I mean? It's like that that Mm -hmm. play on that. And that allows us to stay humble, but it also... I think it gives us something to seek for because if we're not, uh, if we're not strengthening, let's just use this. Let's continue with this analogy that you have someone who's perishing, mm-hmm. you know, an infant can't save him. Yeah, it's you, true. You need someone strong to pull someone from the fire. So, uh, you know, the, the idea there is that you have, he uses this word power, this word dunamis, mm-hmm. the same word dynamite, right? That we, that I hear that sermon illustration for over it's and over. Dynamite. It's dynamite. Every Fundy sermon every, ever. Every dynamite. <laughs> Recovering fundamentals. Uh, <laughs> but the word just means power, right? So we need that power. Um, and so putting that into perspective, you know, we, we do need to grow. We do need to strengthen ourselves um, in the Lord um, and not in ourselves. And, and, you know, because there is a purpose, because there are people to reach, because the, there is uh, an active enemy yeah. that is ruining people, you know. So I just think that for us and for this conversation, you know, what we're trying to do is is show a path for you all to uh, where to place the emphasis. This isn't about um, us giving you a list of things to check right. off mm-hmm. and say, yeah, I'm. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. I'm on the path. No, this is, this is giving you, uh, this is here. A better word is the, the, the one that the Bible uses. This is equipping you. Mm. This is strengthening you to be able to do real life saving work. Yeah. And that only happens if you grow in your sanctification. Yeah. If you continue uh, to be bolstered, but you're only going to be bolstered in your spirit. 
yeah. and, and in the power of the Holy Ghost. But mm-hmm. anyway, and you can't you can't run into a fire without a hose. You can't, you know, or fire I mean, you retardant can. clothing. You know, I guess. <laughs> right. If Kyle Cosdris, if you're watching this, you would. I need some advice on what firefighters wear. That's and need. right. What is it? Yeah, I should know. <clears throat> I've seen his locker. Yeah, at, at the firehouse. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah, it is. It was kind of cool. Have you seen my locker? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Um, moving on from that, but moving on. <laughs> um, he's not a stalker. By the way, I feel, I really feel like I missed mm-hmm. the dress code today. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I we have like a tale of two cities here. <laughs> I have a funeral today. Ooh. Okay, yeah. sorry for my joke. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, moving. I, I honestly I didn't know if I knew how to still tie a tie. <laughs> this morning I was like, um, I got this. I have like a it's been whole a long time. Yeah. I have like a whole box of ties and bow ties and like pocket hankies. And I just, I don't know why I still have it because I literally haven't worn a tie or a suit in like, I can't even, it's been at least two or three years at least. Um, (laughs) Or no, maybe at my dad's wedding over, it's like a year and a half ago, I wore a suit for like an hour. Yeah. And that was it. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it happens throughout the year, Mm -hmm. but it's like I have one one set of dress clothes because mm-hmm. it's just not not yeah. very often mm. yeah i threw all my ties away i have like three ties i don't blame you yeah. i have a chick-fil-a tie Ooh, yeah I'd, I'd, it's I'd actually that. from chick-fil-a i think my wife stole it that's funny um but <laughs> moving on from there so we've got <laughs> grammar right the grammar that was that's key to kind of interpreting that properly and i don't i don't really know how other translations re- render that but i think the csb did a really good job um, with that, mm-hmm. but moving on, you had kind of talked about, and I, I was listening to it last night and I can't remember the context of which it came up, but you were, you were talking about how, you know, basically, you know, all of Paul's epistles or well, most, most of them you could, you could tie, you could seat them in the narrative context of the book of Acts. And maybe before we move on, cause I know we've got some, some points that we didn't quite hit yesterday that we can go over today, which is why this is so great. Um, but maybe before we move on to those, you could give us just a maybe why, and I say why you think that way, but I think why most people who are, you know, really serious students of the Bible, like why it's important to look at, look at the text for what it is, and we cross-compare, and we understand how these things all fit together. Because it's not, you know, the Bible is inspired, but it's not. it's not like we can just pluck one thing out of one and just and take that and whatever we feel like it means in that specific spot we just throw it to the wind and see what happens when we should be comparing scripture with scripture and and doing and putting all of them together so you know i guess how does that this is kind of a a thing that i'm working through just to be transparent Mm -hmm. you know as far as you know scriptural interpretation um i don't know how much to get into like stories on here you know, I know this is just a conversation. I mean, whatever. We're having a conversation. Yeah. Just pretend that that canon's not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If this becomes too long, always pause or come back yeah, to it. Always or, pause. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you need to do. But we're just we're just talking here. Um, when we were like forty-five minutes last week, I think. Oof. Yeah. We're headed that direction so. this week, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the point for me is, you know, coming from my background and my tradition, um, if I can even call it that. Um, <laughs> It's there was such an emphasis placed upon the inspiration of scripture, mm-hmm. um, and and I literally like 
the first place I was supposed to go work, excuse me, out of Bible college, um, I remember the pastor, um, who, who was a good man, you know, who is no longer with us. He's in heaven. But um, I remember him asking me, this was like two weeks before my wedding, um, hey, and, and Sarah and I, we had, I mean, we had a house, we had everything, because we, we were actually going to go to work uh, at a church in New Mexico. And I remember him asking me, do you believe the King James Bible is the inspired word of God? And I was like, I don't really even know what that means, mm-hmm. but, but no, I think it's the preserved word of God. And I just said that because that's what the guy <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at my Bible college was teaching, right? which he knew that. So it's kind of a setup, right? Yeah. Do you align with the way he interprets the Bible or do you align the way... You know, with, with the way <laughs> do you I believe interpret. in the double inspiration of the King James right, Bible, or right. yeah, it's it's just this loaded thing, and so I'm not, um, I, I mean, I'm not even close to even being an expert or or even having my opinion completely formulated. I would say on some of these things, um, I've read a lot on it. I've listened to a ton of videos and different people speak on it. Um, and where I'm at at this point is I know that I believe the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that the Bible is God's word. Um, and at this point, I'm trying to tackle some of the, you know, maybe the textual issues with, you know, some of the grammar and the language studies that, that I'm diving into mm-hmm. um, so that we can kind of like navigate some of those challenges. But what I think has happened in the past is there are pastors, maybe good men, that either haven't had the resources, Mm -hmm. haven't had the time, uh, and haven't had the training for people to to say, hey, this is the case. This is the way that it is. This is where that translation came from. Mm -hmm. Here are maybe some errors in that translation. And instead of doing the work of research and figuring that out, what they do is they just make these blanket statements and they say, this is the way that it is. Do not question it mm-hmm. so that there's a safety net on the other side where they can then go, no, that's not what the Bible says. Right. This is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous. Very. It's, it's extremely dangerous. And you know more about it, I would say, than I do. Um, and you could probably speak to it more than, than I could. But uh, in this in this understanding, this day and age, we have so many tools, so many, so many things that are at our fingertips for us to read and study the Bible. Um, it's important for us to not draw these lines that are absolutely unnecessary and that don't need to be there. Yeah. Big um, time. So, you know, there'll be people that listen to this, that maybe your maybe your mind is trapped in a specific tradition mm-hmm. of how to interpret the Bible. Um, I would encourage you, to read maybe other good men, other good mm-hmm. people, good scholars that are out there that, you know, and I think, and this is my phone ringing. Uh, I, I think this is just, it's, it's very important for us to, um, for us to see some of these things. And so for me, I've come to this place that I am desiring to see the Bible in its context mm-hmm. for what the author meant yeah. it to be. And, and I'm at this point, I'm realizing that it wasn't in English. Right. And, and this is kind of like the understanding that 
if if a word was chosen, if a verb form, let's let's talk about verse 18. If a verb form was chosen to be put in its present state instead of a past state, mm-hmm. then there's a reason. And so I want to look at that Greek verb and say, or let my Bible software tell me, what's the tense? You know, because that's the intent that the author had. And guess what? Some of those things are not there. They're not. Some of those things are not available, <clears throat> you know. And so, and, and to my dismay, some of the verses that KJV only uh, pastors will tout, they're touting on lines and sentences that are actually not in the Greek. They're just not present. They're just not there. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm coming on the other side of this going, oh my goodness, we're building whole like philosophies and of ministry and doctrine based around these parts of a verse that are mm-hmm. actually not in the Greek text. And, you know, based on the efforts am, am of I, a translator 400 so or so years ago. Yeah. Am, am I yeah, am I making yeah, sense Yeah, absolutely. Here? And I think for me, the way I look at translations now, and I used to be hardcore, you know, KJV only. You know, I remember, I. And, and my wife remembers too, because this was a, you know, a roadblock for us for a long time. You know, when we, <laughs> just coming from where we came from, before we came to Bethlehem, and I was like, yeah, you know, like I'm good with the, the drums were different. Mm-hmm. You know, that was super weird. And um you know i was like yeah i'm i'm good with that i was like my big thing though is i just hope he keeps using the right bible <laughs> you know what i mean and looking back i'm like gosh i was like so stupid so dumb but and and if that is you i'm not saying that you're dumb but i'm just not <laughs> that sounds really bad um but that's just not where i'm at now after learning more and studying more um but how i view english translations or any translation is you know it is a it is a lens of which we can look at the actual text. Mm. Um, it is not the text. It is a lens of which we can look at it, which is why I think that it's important to reference multiple translations because these are multiple ways, multiple avenues of looking at it. Because yeah. in, in the translation process, you just cannot preserve every aspect of the text there in one shot. You just can't. And so I'm like, you know, I was talking to a friend the other night and I was like, come on, man are you still KJV only? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, Hey, that's great. You know, let me explain to you why I'm not, uh, yeah. you know, but just, it's so, I, I probably have like five, four or five translations that are my mainstay mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, and I generally read the NASB, but when I'm really digging into something before I stake my claim on something or on verbiage, like, let's see what other, translation committees thought about this phrase and how they chose to render it. You know what I mean? And I think that's, that's healthy because we're, we're vetting, we're vetting a viewpoint out before we actually, you know, go to fight on that. Has it been peer reviewed? Has it been peer reviewed? You know, who, you know, what are the pros and cons of holding this kind of viewpoint? Yeah. These are questions that, that we should all ask before we read something and say, huh, you know, I'm going to go, you know, on the internet and tell everybody they're wrong if they believe something different than I do. Yeah. You know, and, and in this mentality, it's really a journey that we have been on big time. It's been more about, you know, finding, (laughs) looking at what has been said about it because you know what, and this is just a scriptural principle. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. And from this perspective of 
you know, interpretation, especially there's been, <laughs> you know, almost for us an infinite number of people more than we have time to read. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, of, of Christians, of saved believers weighing in on these texts before mm. we ever got here. Yeah. So that's where I feel, you know, some safety and security in doing just a lot of research and not just my own ability to exegete a verse. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, that's where uh, I, I say all of these things to say there has been a time in my life where, you know, I looked at that pastor who said, are you this? And I said, no, I'm not. And then, of course, we didn't go to work there. You know, I lost a job based on, you know, how I believed the King James Bible was preserved versus inspired. And that begun, I didn't know this, but fresh out of Bible college, that began a sequence of events that over, you know, the next, what, it, what was that, uh, over 10 years, mm -hmm. over 10 years of my life constantly going, hitting a wall and going, is that right? And then kind of moving pivoting, yeah. moving, pivoting. And I look back, it's the hand of God through the whole mm -hmm. entire thing. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit's been leading Sarah and I to a more healthy place in ministry. Um, so anyway, kind of where I'm at now is I continue to see, number one, the dangers. I don't know why I have to number everything. But <laughs> number number it's one, because of dangers. our roots. Everything has number three points. Number two, <laughs> the determining factor. No, can you alliterate those? Yes, I can. Right here <laughs> on the fly. Um, but I, I just see the danger. And I think that even your friends that you were speaking to that, yeah, I'm still K KJV only. It's, it's just, it's the safe thing to do. It is. Because of where we come from. Mm -hmm. And when you start to leave that spot that that what what many would call the ancient landmark that our fathers set, you know, from the book of Proverbs, I think uh, that Remove verse is not the ancient landmark. Yeah. Oh, my God. That verse is all that, Goodness you know, gracious. abused mm -hmm. um, because we're the ancient patriarchs. Um, but the <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but it's the point of it is I want to I want to just encourage you in this conversation. It's OK. Take the step. Read a book that is not from your specific denomination. Yeah. And everything's going to be all right. You have your very own Jesus in your heart, and it's the Holy Spirit. Don't quench him. Don't grieve him, you know, yep. and, and he'll, le he'll lead you. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, we're not, and I think a lot of people that have watched or followed, you know, my journey as a believer, as a Christian, you know, it's like, man, Robinson is out in left field. I'm really not. I'm I'm in a better field. He's not as crazy as he looks. <laughs> in the day, I'm talking about being anti-fundamental, right? It, and I'm it's literally impeccable. in a white shirt and tie. It's amazing. Um, but I, I just think that it's important and it's vital for us to challenge our thinking in some of these areas. And so when mm -hmm. we talk about how, and I said it Sunday, how do we, um, you know, how do we view the book of Acts? Well, I view the book, book of Acts as a historical narrative. Mm -hmm. It's it's a two part volume series from Luke, right? Who was a doctor, right? And a Gentile, and a Gentile, mm -hmm. right? Big deal. And and I see his ministry as primarily one, um, you know, of, of tending to Paul, mm -hmm. tending to the people that were hurt. I mean, think about it. Like this this guy, you know, they needed a doctor on staff, yeah, because these people <laughs> because were they being were getting beaten. <laughs> And, and just, you know, look at Paul's testimony. I think, what, three times maybe? I, I could mm -hmm. be 
off on that, but I think three times in the New Testament he Luke gives his probably like making testimony. good money on retainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder where the, op- the offerings were going to Luke. Um, <laughs> just when Judas hey, look, thought funded. he had it. <laughs> just when he thought. But you know, so for me, it's like I look at this as this, as the story, and that's where it just takes a little bit of time to it read does. and discover. Like for instance, um, I finished uh, N.T. Wright's. Um, biography, I guess. I think it's yeah. a biography. On Paul? On Paul. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. I mean, you know, the the head explosion emoji, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because there are so many things that I was looking at it from a certain perspective, but that wasn't the historical perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like, goodness gracious. Uh, here is a guy, here is a man, a, a, a Christian, you know, Dr. N.T. Wright, you know, who is a scholar who knows more about the New Testament, more about Paul specifically. Probably more about everything than I do. Well, of course, but I'm saying like then the majority of pastors that would stand up in the pulpit and preach um, with authority Mm -hmm. on Paul, you know, I would put N.T. Wright's perspective historically, I mean, just like up with the best of them Mm -hmm. and then above. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but these are books and these are things that are available to us. And I would say like for me, just listening to that book or reading that book, whatever you, however you consume your content, that opened up my mind to like how it all worked. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's more of the book of Acts is a historical narrative of the church. The first 30 years, I think I'm somewhat close with that, with that number. The first 30 years of church history, of course, we know from the Ascension, um, you know, and then past the first council and then on a little bit, um, but, but really the beginning, it's Peter and Paul's ministry, you yeah. know, as the church gets started. Mm-hmm. And so I mentioned this on Sunday that all of Paul's letters and, you know, first and second Peter. And so these other books fit into the narrative of acts. So Luke is, and that's what I love about the book of Luke, mm-hmm. which we've preached through that before, but because he's a doctor, he has attention to detail. He does. You know, and so mm-hmm. in his writing, in his narrative, it's there's a lot in there. You know, and so Luke, the first volume, Acts is the second volume to this, oh, excellent Theophilus, whoever this guy was, whether he was commissioned uh, to write this narrative after the fact. I think that's probably more likely, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. you know, then paid and then compensated to do so. But he... He, you know, replicates church history, um, as I understand it, the first 30 years. And so what we talked about is 1 Corinthians, this this book, 1 and 2 Corinthians, fits in to the church narrative around Acts 18. Yeah. Um, and I think Paul's second missionary journey. So as reading this and understanding it, we read the book of Acts, and we know that this story, this letter, what we're talking about fits into that narrative of the first 30 years of the church. Yeah. And I think what's wild about, and this is something that is new to me, I guess, probably in the past year, maybe. Um, but I always, you know, in I guess from an apologetic standpoint, I would always tell people like, hey, listen, like a large portion of the Bible is recorded history, you know. <clears throat> Not that that's incorrect, but, you know, up until the past year, I just looked at it as like, yeah, these are guys just, you know, they're just recording historical events. I mean, nobody reads you know, like first and second chronicles, you know, mm. you know, but there's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of, uh, man, I think I put too much cream in my coffee. I'm really coughing <laughs> today. Um, coughing, coffee. Oh, yeah. Wordplay. Good. One. Um, good one. But 
you know, but now, you know, and I'm reading uh, John Salehammer's The Pentateuch is Narrative. Mm. And I love the Pentateuch. And honestly, if I probably, if I ever do a PhD, it's probably going to be on the Pentateuch. Of course. Um, but, you know, but the, the principle of narrative applies across the board to any narrative and scriptural narrative. Mm. But, you know, Luke takes 30 years of church history and Paul's missionary journeys and these early, you know, these events from, you know, from Jesus ascension forward. Mm -hmm. And he crams them into a book that you could read in an afternoon. Mm. And so the questions that we should be asking ourselves when we read it is how, how do these events within this narrative fit together and why, I mean, 30 years is a long time, you know? Mm. So why did Luke see it fit to include these specific occurrences and Mm. events in the timeline, because a lot happened in that period of time, and I'm sure he yeah. left out things and included things for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we read, and that that has made Bible reading more enjoyable for me, I think, mm. is that like, hey, like, yeah, this is a, a historical account, right? But at the same time, like, whoever is writing this, you know, whether it's Luke or, or one of the other gospel authors, like, they're, the way these things are pieced together, <clears throat> it is designed, like there is, and, and beyond the ability of the author, like we believe in inspiration. Oh, and so sure. all of these things are, are designed and put together and framed to communicate a message. Yeah. You know, right. and to me, that's just, that has made reading the mundane as, as most would see it a lot more uh, enjoyable because it's like, there's a reason that it's there. It's not just historical record for, for, perp- for, you know, for just for the sake of historicity, there's a there's a story there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, man, I love it. And the message and the person you know that it's pointing to is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think like how that plays out. You know, you're you're saying like, hey, you know, I see that that it's it's including these things. You know, and that's based on inspiration because yeah. of what the Lord wanted to include. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and my point to the Book of Acts piece is knowing that okay, this is the historical mm-hmm. narrative. Not taking away from that, not taking from the power of the, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, all of yeah, that. Yeah, but it's not, it's not letters. It's not I get letters. what you're saying. Yeah. And so how, what, what I would do is if I see something in the book of Acts, I'm not going to stake my doctrinal claim. Right. On, on one occurrence in a narrative. On one occurrence in a narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to see what Paul wrote to a specific church about their doctrine. Yeah. And about their teaching. And and their error one way or another. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, we had a conversation last week about, you know, one of Peter's statements in, I think it's, was it Acts 2.8? Mm-hmm. About baptism, you know. 2.38. And 2.38, yes, yes. Um, and, and he will, you know, people will say like, because Peter said this, that means that you have to be baptized to be saved. But if you go read Peter's first epistle, you'll see that, you know, he makes it plain as day that like, you know, he's like, you you know, needing to be baptized. And he's like, I'm not talking about washing with water. No. Something different. And yeah. you read that and you're like, oh, okay. That's yeah. a more full picture of what Peter was saying. Are you talking than, about in chapter three? The, I think so. Yeah. Where he talks about baptism. And into Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so when you read those things together, it makes sense. But when you just read a statement. Not, not the washing away of your sins. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He, 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 yeah. It's almost like he knew, like, may, and I don't know chronologically, maybe he knew that, like, you know, Axe had already made its debut. And he's like, listen, not that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Well, um, with the struggle, too, of, like, 
the the Jew and Gentile piece, you know, he mm-hmm. it, it was on him. I, yeah. I think largely the the whole let's force them into this Judeo let's force them into a Judeo Christian mm-hmm. narrative. You know, right. you need to be circumcised. Yeah. You need to be this. So I think it's almost like you know he's accepting, and I I I see this like reading First and Second Peter. It's mm-hmm. like he's at the end of his ministry. Yeah. You sense his character arc is uh, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You sense the change. Mm-hmm. You sense the change in his in his words and his spirit. The fact that the book, I think most of the commentaries that that I was reading on that, it says he's writing to a Gentile audience, mm-hmm. you know, in, in so many aspects there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's he's changed so much. Yeah. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why it's important for us to see, okay, Pentecost, that would be his first message. Mm-hmm you know, to the church when the church was like birthed, yeah. the Holy Spirit fell. And then look at the first and second Peter at the end of his ministry. Mm-hmm. Look at the tone. Look at it. So, so different. Yeah. Just weigh, weigh these, these letters and these books within the context mm-hmm. of Acts. Don't grab a verse and it Acts. all works together. Yeah. Don't grab a verse in Acts and say, I'm going to formulate my doctrine on this. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway. Well, hey, if you're, <laughs> if you're still with us here on this broadcast, we appreciate uh, you listening through and and yeah. and being a part of the conversations that we we enjoy and 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 you're a part of that. Um, so yeah. we just wanted to thank you for listening and uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out and the, and the end of it, huh? <laughs> the bonus content of the bon- yes of the bonus content. Yeah. Um, but we hope you enjoyed that. If you're listening on uh, on Apple uh, Music, feel free to leave us a review or even on YouTube. Feel free to drop a comment in there, and that just helps get our content out there and widens the influence that we have if we even need more of that i don't even know after listening to that conversation no <laughs> probably not but um, uh, yeah it's all good give us a like yeah give us a like give us a share share with your friends yeah and uh we'll see you right here next week love you love you <laughs>